This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. To stay in the know about everything happening at Fratton Park, including the latest news, analysis and transfer updates, take out an online Pompey subscription with the Portsmouth News today at portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Our offer starts at less than £1 a week. You'll get unlimited online access to award-winning reporting with fewer ads and free access to our digital edition and mobile app. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk, the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Head of Sport Mark McMahon and Blues writer Will Rooney to give you the inside track on the latest events at Fratton Park. On this week's show, we reveal the story of a day of keeper chaos at Fratton. Pompey's transfer window business is assessed. Jack Watmore's red card on Tuesday night against Lincoln debated. And a Pompey half-term report which reads, must do better. All that and much, much more. You can download our podcast on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. So give us a listen, like and subscribe to get each edition downloaded to your device and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 pulse at portsmouth.co.uk. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk. My name is Mark McMahon and joining me today to discuss all things Pompey is <sighs> COVID-free Jordan Cross and, <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully COVID-free Will Rooney as well. He's all right, lads. Yeah, I am all right. COVID free, but I can't say I've, uh, I'm free of any other illnesses, which I want to suppose. <laughs> Not that old. Is that what it was? <laughs> you do. That's an old, you gave me it. <laughs> Any, anybody watching this on, on video maybe needs to look twice at Will because his pale complexion is, is dwelling it is is sitting nicely in with the pale background there so with the bald head and all it that is, there <laughs> i know i normally catch the sun the sun in the summer as well but unfortunately we're in the midst of winter so you didn't my, you didn't uh, get a suntan yesterday during your your day off when you, you you decided to walk the length and breadth of, of the island then no? absolutely not no just just walking into the abyss just wondering when we're going to pause with an abyss what you want to <laughs> So well, when you were when you were walking around the island yesterday, we were running around after Pompey all day. So you missed all that there with the goalkeeper situation. <laughs> I did, yeah, as well. In my work of uh, keepers, the Pompey could be looking at basically uh, <laughs> took me hours scrolling through through potential candidates, and you know, I was quite confident with a couple like Lee Camford, Coventry, Forster. Oh, that's a good one, experienced keeper. And all of a sudden, I, I didn't look at my phone when I was out to get home and see the sign is left for medicine. I just thought, what was the point of me doing all that? <laughs> I'm sure we'll get onto it, but I think you were probably closer than, than you actually realised with one or two of those keepers, yeah. to be fair. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, I guess. I, I, I don't think anybody could have predicted this. It was, it was crazy. But like even, I'm sure, well, if you were walking around, just the, you may have seen a, a queue of goalkeepers waiting to get in the Rocco, just auditioning for that slot in the Pompey squad. I know, I used to uh, used to play in goal a bit myself as well, so I should have got, <laughs> you got, got my, uh, my, my son's eco's out, yeah, and that's Kenny if he, uh, if he wanted to give me a go. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit like, he looks a bit like Phil Smith, doesn't he? 
He has, yeah. <laughs> He's a bit of Phil Smith to him. <laughs> Maybe you are a bit of a backup. Maybe we should have got you in instead then, Will. Yeah. He may I have agree. been a better keeper than Phil Smith as well. <laughs> <laughs> not Pepe Reina, mate? No, I'm not so sure. Uh, yeah, it could be. Couldn't I'm basically just yeah. naming bold keepers, aren't I? That's what I'm doing. But you're forgetting one, Jordy Barthez. <laughs> Fabian. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway, <laughs> Jordy, gal- you were Gallic tempo, yeah. Jordy, you were at the thick end of it yesterday, dealing from the with the keeper situation. Do you want to go through just how yesterday um the, evolved? the narrative of yesterday? Yeah. Oh wow. Um, where do I start? I, okay, I, I'll, I'll tell I'll, I'll tell it how it unfolded from our end. So um, yesterday, obviously, probably well known they're in the market for a keeper. We we were well aware of that. Um, Basically, for uh, Duncan Turnbull, Taylor Seymour, we had a look at them. Look at them at Peterborough, and they're, and they're not ready. Um, they're, they're seen as players with potential, but Pompey were looking at something, uh, something, something, something else. Anyway, anyway, for for the time being, so we get a tip off yesterday that Jacob Chapman. Uh, we were all on uh, on our Zoom call yesterday morning, weren't we? When it when it actually happened, um, was 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 on his way to Pompey. Um, so. <laughs> Hit the Google because I'll be honest with you, I didn't know who Jacob Chapman was. Twenty-year-old um, keeper contracted with Huddersfield until two thousand twenty-two. Been on their bench. Okay, yes. right. So we we uh, then dispatch our trusty photographer Habib Rackman to to Roco to have a look around and see what look basically a general snoop to see what what's what's <laughs> knocking on down there um, and then as he's looking through the uh, fence or in the bushes incognito he returns he strikes gold doesn't he he returns the, a picture of the goalkeeper that's him ID'd yeah definitely okay so it all tallies up um, he's training with Pompey and being put through his paces so um, then we, we, we got a regular press call with um, with Kenny Jacket at one o'clock on a Thursday usually so Looking at the uh, talking points there, Jacob Chapman being uh, right at the top of the, the list. So I'm thinking, okay, well, he's 20 years old, so potentially Len leaves a space in the squad. So there's a line of questioning there to, to pick up on that. Will they, you know, I'm thinking about what, what, where else would they utilise that space? Do they need him at Tom Naylor or a bit more up front? And, and these are all lines I could go down with with Kenny. And then, so my first question, I hear you've got a young keeper. Before I could even get that, the name Jacob Chapman out, Kenny interrupted. Yes, we've had a lad on trial, but we're signing Lewis Ward. <laughs> Cue silence. So I'm like, okay, yeah, Lewis Ward rings a bell. Okay, I ring. Okay, so quick, yeah, Exeter. He's twenty three. Hold on a minute. So that's 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 killed that line of questioning. Um. So um. Some yeah. Some ad hoc questioning on on the situation with Kenny. Um. And it, it it's a kind of a frantic scenario where Pompey were obviously looking at their options and, and we're getting as it turns out as our due diligence unearthed Chapman in to have a look at him then after that the option of, of Ward, uh, Ward emerges a more experienced keeper with 50 league appearances you know National League experience as well or 23 so he's got a good amount of football so it was kind of a, a no brainer for, for Pompey to, to opt for that but poor old uh, Jacob Chapman's and turfed out of Pompey after one training session and off you go back to Huddersfield, mate. So uh, that's the harsh reality of football, I'm afraid. But um, I think from what what I can ascertain with Pompey, we're looking at experienced keepers, but I get the vibe now that they're near the top of, right at the limit of the wage cap. 
So um, I think Ward was uh, one that fitted, you know, fitted the bill in terms of experience and wages to get in on a on a on a loan to the end of the season, and that's who Kenny Jacket opted for. Well, uh, not being harsh on Lewis Ward, but he is here to serve as backup, um, and uh, even when Bass returns and he has a stress fracture. He might even find himself further down the pack on early. So he's here to serve a purpose for the next few weeks, really. Um, but obviously, Pompey just can't sign him for two weeks. Yeah, I mean, he's come out, hasn't he? And obviously said the right thing, saying, you know, he's coming in for number two, but he's going to be pushing for number one. He's not going to come and say, I mean, it's a sit on the bench, is he? But yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head, yeah. When, when Bass is back, Alex Bass and, and Craig McGillivray are two highly rated keepers and... I think Kenny Jacket still maintains there's not a lot between them um, in terms of ability. So, obviously, Craig is undisputed number one at the minute and he has been this season, but even though Jacket thinks there is not too much between them. So, when Bass comes back in, he's quite clearly number number two again. Um, you're not going to keep Alex Bass out of the squad, are you? Because Alex Bass is a very, very good young keeper who attracted Premier League and Championship interest last summer. He'd have been frustrated that he's back to back to playing uh, deputy to McGilvery, but that's football and it'll make him a better keeper in the long run. But you're right, um, when Bass is back, that'll be Ward's two, number three. And, you know, as I say, people say the right things in the press, not going to say that, but Ward will understand that. He's a look at Bass's profile, he's a look at some of his performances. He'll understand that when Alex is Bass, when Alex Bass is back, he will be number three, but he's come to a club that's pushing for promotion for the championship. If Pompey don't go up, then there's question marks on will McGilvery stick around and then maybe he's looking at, well, that might be an opportunity for me to, to come in as, as number two potentially mm. next season mm. or even number one if he impresses, impresses enough. So maybe he's looking at it a little bit more long-term, but yeah, number three, unfortunately, when, when Bass comes back. Jordy, yeah. you're probably going to get some fans, and rightly so, asking, well, what's the point in us bringing in a keeper um, for the sake of what, say a month's sake, if Bass returns, but you're, you're paying wages now for the next six months. What's the point? In, some people may say, what's the point in us having Duncan Turnbull as our third-choice keeper? Why Why have we been paying him a wage for the past year or so whenever we're never going to play him? So what's the yeah. point? Yeah, well, first, on, on more I think we've got to be... Pompey would have sold it to him as you're coming in to compete and we've heard a lot of that, those words and I spoke to him and that's the way he's viewing it. I think what, we, what we've said previously is, is a fair assessment of things but things can happen, can't they? Craig McGilfrey can pick up an injury next week and all of a sudden wards in and, and push him for uh, an opportunity. got a chance to really stake a claim for potentially playing, you know, even becoming first choice. So I think he's, he's been told it's a level playing field and, and it's his... His uh, you know, job to, to to compete for for that, and and I think that's fair. So I don't think we we, we should totally kill him, at, you know, twenty four oh, no. hours after <laughs> after his arrival. Uh, but having, having said that, I think you know the assess, assessment of what Will said is is actually spot on. Now, what why do it? Well, Kenny Jackett's waited as long as possible with Alex Bass. Um, he's waited through the month to assess. When was it? Oh, I've been. I've been battling COVID, haven't I? It was probably about 12th or 13th, wasn't it? Ahead of the Peterborough game that he picked up the injury. Um, collision in training, wasn't it, with, with Minoga. So um, it's been slower to re- heal 
they thought it was a calf injury and then further examinations revealed a stress fracture something i've done before and it's you know you can walk around on it and you don't you, you don't realize um it's only when i had an x-ray that i realized i had done it and, and it is six weeks six weeks at least for for an injury of that nature if it's a calf it's probably probably the fibula um so yeah so then that's then putting pomp in a situation where kenny's had a look at turnbull and seymour uh, in Peterborough and quite palpably for me on that occasion it showed up that they're not ready you wouldn't want to be throwing those in those lads into to League One top end of a promotion bid in League One because it one then they're not up, quite up to it at the moment and two it could break them uh, because they have got potential but you know they have got raw assets that Pompey feel they can make something out of so then Kenny's in a situation where then he needs to cover himself and um, as much as he looked at Chapman his prerequisite was as much as he could with the, with the wages available was to get experience in so um, I can see why he's done it. I think it makes sense. It was slightly perplexing that they had a lad in who wouldn't counter towards the, the uh, squad limit of 22, which Pompey have to work to. But I can see why the, the, the way it unfolded, if he came up afterwards, then that's go through the motions with Chapman. And this lad uh, comes in with the kind of experience that they can probably turn to more readily. In the, in the event of Craig McGilfrey getting injured. So, yeah. But hopefully we get Bassey back. Um, and then and then you got probably you got you know the three battling for two spots after that. So I think it was just a balanced balancing it all up for Kenny and um, they need they need cover now and that's why they didn't want a situation where they could be exposed. Just for clarity, has he taken then Duncan Turnbull's place in the squad? Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. They got the, they got the main three keepers, so I would I would suggest that those three keepers would be Craig McGilfrey. Ward and Alex Bass, uh, then Duncan Turnbull. Unfortunate situation for those two lads as well, Seymour and, 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 and Turnbull, is that um, Pompey would ordinarily like to get them out to National League, National League South level. Um, situations, unfortunate with the pandemic at the moment, that they can't pick up the football um, that they would get. I, I think the, uh, again, I don't think you're probably going to get a league club take a risk on a, a punt on them at the moment. You've yeah. probably been looking at a situation similar to Rico Hackett Fairchild where he'd gone out to National League level, had a good loan and, and then moved up at the levels like that and that would have been what he would have been doing with Turnbull. So, unfortunate situation for the lad. He's got potential, he's got the raw assets, but Pompey have to think about themselves and what's the good of the club and ultimately that's, uh, for me, the right decision that Kenny Jackett's made. Yeah. Well, obviously, Turnbull comes from the fighting Irish, not the dam. He could join Taggart and Story over in the Irish League maybe and get a game over there with his Irish roots. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the only option, isn't it, for these young lads now, isn't it? Going to to the Irish League in in Ulster and playing over there. But problem is then you've got to find them somewhere to live and everything then, haven't you? It's obviously Taggart and Story are probably living back with the parents, aren't they now? But then you've got to find somewhere for them to live and then of course you don't know where goalkeeping situations are but let's not forget Turnbull went out to to Dulwich Hamlet and couldn't get into their side um, he'd still be right in Ireland in that match. case won't he <laughs> <laughs> so, so look he's when Pompey signed Turnbull he obviously come over on trial and do a lot of raw assets as, as Geordie said but he signs a year long deal and Pompey are probably hoping to get him out on loan. It hasn't quite worked out for him. And 
maybe now he's coming what 23 24 he needs to get out and play now doesn't he you'd probably think at the end of his at his deal he's probably gonna move on to pastures new hopefully stay in this country and and try and forge a decent career for himself because he isn't a bad keeper at all and um and obviously paul doswell hawks manager thought he was a, quite a good keeper but He's got a good keeper up there in, in Ross um, Ross Werner, I think yeah, it is. So that's yeah. why they didn't sign him either. So it's clearly a talented lad, but I think after this season he'll be looking to, to get out and start start making a career for himself in England. Because let's not forget he, he turned down maybe was it Houston he turned down to he got drafted to yeah. in the MLS draft as well. So okay. he's quite clearly got ambitions of, of making it in England, isn't isn't it? But it's unfortunate for that. But Kenny Jackett's got to look after himself in the football club. You can't throw a rookie goalie into a League One promotion push if there's injuries. No. Well, we'll stick on a few then. So, Lewis Ward represented Pompey's fourth bit of business in the current window. There's still a couple of days left, but if if the window was to close right this minute, would this be a, a good a good window for Pompey? It's looking all right, isn't it? I mean, they've addressed the areas that needs addressing. Um. Obviously, a left back bringing in a very experienced player in Charlie Daniels. Um, I think if Pompey fans at the start of January had found out that we're going to lose Cameron Pring, we're going to get Charlie Daniels in. Pompey fans would just snap your hands off for that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an argument to be said that Charlie Daniels is an upgrade on on Cameron Pring, given his given his experience and how many games he's played in the top flight. Then you're looking at. A midfielder he wants as a you know a championship midfielder who could come in and, and make an impact and challenge Andy Cannon. Well, that's George Byers, isn't it? Um, George Byers last season was playing for the Swansea side, who nearly got promoted to the Premier League. He was a regular. Mm. He had his injury problems. Don't get me wrong, he's he's only played once this season, so he might take a little bit of time. But on paper, you've got a top half championship player joining a League One club, a player who who turned down. Who turned down staying in the championship for uh, <laughs> for League One? So Jersey's uh, Jersey's giving that appro- his approval with his uh, cheesy crumpet. It looks like it's the only bit of crumpet I'm going to be getting today, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and then you brought in Harvey Weiss as well, who he gives you something else in in midfield. Highly rated spares doesn't affect the salary cap. So it's another decent option in the middle of the park that you've got. He gives you the scope to move into probably more of a, a three-man midfield than a two. You'd probably say he's more of a holder who, who plays the ball around. A little bit like Ben Close, but perhaps his range of passing is a little bit more expansive and he's good on set pieces. So for me, Pompey's business, it, it looks decent on paper, doesn't it? But now we'll see in the second half of the season if it bears fruit because two years ago when Pompey brought in Vogel and Viv Solomon Otterboard and Andy Cannon, Viv Morris, who've been doing well at, at Wickham. Pompey's business looks very decent then. Mm. Obviously, in the end, it didn't yield promotion. So I think as good as it looks on paper, the um, proof will be in the pudding. Jordy, is it uh, the age-old problem in January that you're bringing in players who either haven't been playing regularly for the clubs because they're not good enough to get in their clubs or they've been injured? Pompey have brought in say four players, well three, well four players who haven't been playing regularly for their their teams. Mm. How long, how long can we expect to see them actually getting up to the fitness and actually then making a difference to this Pompey side, so that Pompey are benefiting them by their arrivals? Well, uh, we were talking um, on a on a previous call about the fact that um, Pompey were unchanged against Lincoln on Tuesday, weren't we? And um, 
So maybe you've hit upon something there because if ever there's an, you know, you, you, you back your signings as a manager and you, and you normally, you know, when you're bringing in the likes of bars, you're bringing them into play. Probably Harvey White too, certainly Daniels. So if ever there was an opportunity uh, to make those changes, it was, it was Tuesday night, wasn't it? After being well beaten by Hull. So it was, I was surprised that, that, that Kenny, um, Kenny went with the same team um, given, you know, that, those circumstances. So um, perhaps he thinks they aren't quite ready. Maybe that maybe that's a factor in that he's looking at them. Daniel's obviously a bit less so because he's been playing regular football at Shrewsbury, but I think Lee Brown's done enough to earn him keep his spot at the moment. Um, but yeah, White and Byers, you know, probably that might that that might, that will may way may well be a factor. But I like Byers. The the one I like there is Byers. I think he's the one that can really out of all those signings could make a difference. I know Daniels is excited supporters because he's got relatively recent Premier League experience and, and he's coming into play. Uh, but Byers is the one that, when you look at the amount, as Will said, the amount of championship football he's picked up he, and you look at the way he's respected clearly by everyone at Swansea, um, he's the one probably in the mould of Andy Cannon that I thought Pompey really needed. He's you know that player that can... Link defence and attack, drive, be a driving force. I won't say Ben Thompson, we'll just move on from that. But yeah, you know, that that type of player that, you know, there hopefully could be a lot of similarities to that. So he's the one that I really, I'm, I'm putting my eggs in his basket, shall we say. I think he can really come in and, and, and make an impact for Pompey over the second half of the season. Um, the other side of the coin, you know, if there's one more, perhaps, is there anyone quite like Tom Naylor in Pompey's squad at the moment? Um, obviously, White's one that can probably, you know, sit there a bit more and, and do that. I think that might be one per place that if, if you're always looking at the squad, aren't you? Thinking can, can you, if that person gets out, how big of a loss? Tom Nader would be a massive loss, I think. Now, um, at the moment, they've got the you have got cover there, but it would be an opportunity for the likes of White to come in. So yeah, um, I think that's probably the you know a sort of wrap up of where. Pompey are. Uh, I mean, just looking ahead to Charlton, can these players come in there? Well, we just again just been saying we've uh, Jack Watmore suspended. Perhaps this weekend wouldn't be the right time to bring Charlie Daniels in because Rasmus. You know, do you change two players out of the back four in one game mm-hmm. and bring in Rasmus? So um, yeah, I, I think that yeah, long term they come into play. Um, but there's been a, you know, let's, let's look at the players that have got to Pompey into a into a re- re- you know reasonably decent position. Um, and Kenny, you know, being the pragmatist, knows that with COVID, with half the season still to be condensed into a smaller amount of games, you're going to need you're going to need the squad. So yeah, I think Pompey all in all are pretty well set. Yeah, just just to clear up, obviously Daniels has been playing regularly for Shrewsbury, but um, because of the COVID situation yeah. there, he hadn't played for nearly a guts of a month there. So yeah, just to crack that there. Um, well, um. Byers that does seem to be the one that would step up to the plate that you'd expect, um, when he gets his fitness back and running. Are Pompey overloaded uh, all of a sudden in midfield? No, Jordy says that we don't have a like for like replacement for Tom Naylor, but all of a sudden are Pompey overloaded there? And are you is there a trouble of giving these players game time? Well, there is, but look, they're in a promotion push, and they know the the. What matters is promotion, and unfortunately, the players gonna to have to realise that promotion is bigger than this season for or for a lot of the players, and they've got to accept the partnership that Kenny Jacker, Kenny Jacker goes with Harvey Weiss. I think we get the impression, don't we, that 
he's maybe just coming in to be a little bit more around the first team and sort of just get the experience being around the dressing room and what it's like to actually win three points and lose three points. So I don't I don't think he's going to be complaining too much if he's left out now and again. Andy Cannon was obviously very frustrated when he got hooked off at half time by Cole. You could see it in in his face in the uh, in the director's box. He was up like a shot. Um, Absolutely fuming then. I think he realised he was just in a track either there on a bitterly cold day, he forgot his coat, so he had to go back down to the dressing room <laughs> and get it. <laughs> but look, it, it's it's really good options and the way Pompey have been playing this season, like Naylor and Cannon we've talked so much, they've been the fulcrum of it, haven't they? Um, the switch to two man midfield has been so important, the way they they press a bit that bit higher and they give the chance. They give the forwards a better chance to, to win the ball back, and when you got the likes of Williams and Marquez, Harry, and so I think he they realised that, that that's a high octane job for the likes of Cannon and Naylor. They both I'd love to see the running stats because those two probably they probably run more than the the most in the team, if not everyone in the team. So you've got to be aware that twenty three games left. They're coming the cliche thick and fast, but they are. That's that's a matter of fact. They're coming a lot quicker than they would be normally. And Pompey have suffered from burnout before a couple of seasons ago when the wingers were such the focal point of the team, Rowan Curtis and Jamal Lowe. And they just both wilted, didn't they, towards the end of the season. And maybe Kenny Jack is thinking, well, it's my midfielders now who are doing the most important, so I don't want a repeat of that. And that's why he's he's overloaded it in the centre of the park. But is there not is there not that risk of temptation to tamper too much then? If Cannon isn't necessarily on one hundred percent, you're going well. I've got weight. I've got bars here. Let's just get them off and bring them on. Those two players are central at the minute, Naylor and Cannon. I just wonder yeah. is there is there too much of a temptation to tamper with that there when it has worked so well? But as you say, it's a long season ahead, and you don't want burnout there. Yeah, that's a good question though as well. That that's a fair question because again, I'll go back to two years ago. But Kenny Jackett was fiddling around playing Solomon Otterpour some games, some games he put Gareth Evans out wide. I mean, he didn't start, start Kirsten and Lowe in either game, in, sorry, in the second leg of the yeah. playoff, did he? Um, so <laughs> Don't go there again. That's not, a, that's not a bad point now that, that, that sometimes he might think about it too much and he might just be looking for that little extra 2-3% sometimes and he thinks that he might get from Byers or, or White or... Then close, let's not do him a disservice because he has a good game when he came on against Hull. But Kenny Jack has got to stick to his philosophies and what's got Pompey in this position so far, I think. Because when Pompey are on it, that we've seen just before Christmas, there aren't many better teams. And when they're on it, that is having Tom Naylor and Andy Cannon in the middle. And if you get them back to those sorts of levels, then it'll be a big way for Pompey to, to recapture the form. Jordy, heading into Charlton at the weekend, but before we speak about that, Two defeats against the top two at at home, mm. of all places. Like um, we we anticipating that there at all before last Saturday. Uh, it's a deflating, uh, few days which have sort of probably put Pompey back into context of where they are, um, in the division, given how well they did through December, um, against promotion rivals. There was obviously enthusiasm going into the whole game. I would say certainly. Um, but Pompey have to accept that they were well beaten there. I think what Hull did, it looked to me that there's a lot made of Pompey's physicality, um, and that was a big talking point going into the game. 
And it looked like they really just went for Pompey. Um, I mean, some of the treatment Raggett was getting, for example, was mm. real, really getting the business off them. The referee let a lot go, actually. Um, so I think they wanted to really get stuck into Pompey and say, look, we're not going to be intimidated by you. And and, and fair play to the mechanic worked. It, um, they... They they were the better side. They they had a, a lot of vigor. Malik Wilkes was everywhere, winding people up as he does, and um, yeah, they they warranted that. Um, Tuesday, a different story, of course. Jack Watmore uh, being central to that, and Pompey putting the rear guard action in. It. I I don't think you can assess that in in the same light. Um, I thought Pompey, it looked like they were going to be good for a point, even in that in those tough circumstances. But that was that was dictated to by what happened by one incident, <coughs> a, a disputed incident as well. Um, which was which, which is significant. So, but I think all along, all the way through this, I've always thought Pompey were a top six side. Um, from the outset, I don't see a lot to change. I think Pompey are one of eight, ten sides who could probably be in the in the mix. Um, it, you know, the dice might 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 roll with Pompey's way and they could sneak into the top two. But I, I I'd see Pompey as just one of a number of teams. I don't see them as being much better than any anyone else in there. And, and, and to the same token, I don't see anyone else standing out particularly, really. I think Doncaster, you might have to keep an eye on. I think people are losing track of those. They're, they're quietly operating under the radar. Um, Peterborough, we know what they've got. Um, Lincoln, you're kind of waiting for them to do a Shrewsbury, aren't you? Um, and just run out of steam at some point. So credit to them. Hull were my pick at the start of the season. My, my teams, the whole Peterborough and Charlton, I thought were the, 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 the teams that were... I, I, I went for with Hull as a standout. Um, Charlton, I don't know quite, quite what's going on there. I don't want to jinx it ahead of the weekend, but um, yeah, I thought they might be a bit further on than, than what they are. Pompey are just one of those teams and, and I think you have to be realistic about the, the situation that we're in now and the, and the constraints that Kenny Jackett's operating under. That's just the reality. Pompey are one of, uh, one of many that could probably get in there. Yeah. Well, with the one... Yeah, we don't want to keep reminding ourselves that they've been beaten twice by Lincoln and Hull. But that Charlton game, on paper, just as difficult as those two. So you don't want three defeats in a row to those types of opposition, do you? Definitely no, because you know, you're not just losing games. You're letting your rivals get ahead of you as well and taking advantage, aren't you? Which is, which is so key, considering how good Pompey were against the promotion rivals in the, in the first half of the season, beating the likes, going up to Sunderland beating Ipswich, beating Peterborough, you know, beating Hull, beating Lincoln. And now they've they've give a couple of they give a few points back to, to Lincoln and Hull obviously and Charlton's a massive one because Kenny Jackett has been done four times by Lee Bollywood as well in in recent seasons and for me it couldn't be a worse opposition because for some reason Lee Bollywood just seems to have to have Kenny Jackett's number. The games have they haven't been emphatic wins for Charlton but on pay on by the scoreline, but Charlton have, have bossed every game. You go back to that one at Fratton Park in in October, and it was it was two nil. But Pompey barely looked like scoring. I mean, Pompey, Charlton did what Pompey do to teams on the road. They sat back, they soaked up the pressure fairly comfortably, and they hit um, they hit Pompey on the break twice. Very um, with two fell swoops really. So Pompey might try and employ those tactics at at the Valley. I can imagine Lee Bowie is probably going to be a little bit. A little bit shrewd about that expected, so you'll have something up his sleeve. But Pompey have got to get a result on um on Saturday because if they don't, then they'll be falling away away again. And he said, Jordy said, 
teams who are in there around the top two and Pompey can't afford to, to fall away to fall too much further away I know that there's a long way to go but I was having a look the other day at teams how many te- how many games teams who bought automatically usually usually lose and I think the average is about 7.3 something like that in the past five seasons not including last season obviously because it was curtailed I think if they get beat a chart and that puts them up to seven so effectively Pompey couldn't afford to lose another game if they want to go up automatically so mm-hmm. it's absolutely huge for Pompey to to go and get a result there yeah half term half term report is must do uh, 40 you know 41 points halfway they've got to pick up the pace that's the half term report you know, 82 is not going to get them anywhere near is it um i don't think i think you're looking at sort of you know you've got to get up the high 80s 90s really um mm. that's what what where where it's at but before um we wrap up mark i'm just gonna chuck in a question for you jack what more oh, you no i don't there? i don't i don't answer questions i just ask them <laughs> oh dear oh dear like the, go for it pa- go the, for pa- it. the paxman of the paxman of pompey talk where, 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 are we at? where are we at with jack Watmore? by the way where, what are your views i mean i thought that was a harsh harsh red card on the... i thought it was harsh but unfortunately the way the game is now if you come off I know he was nowhere near um, Grant when he was off the ground with two feet, but unfortunately, when when that happens, the letter of the law is it's, a, it's seen as serious foul play yeah. now, and no doubt that you know people are slowing the video footage down and that's annoying me. That taking uh, screenshots, the screenshots, it's way way off. You can get any screenshot. Yeah. Watch it at real time, and then yeah. make an assessment. Yeah. I didn't think it was a red at the time, but. No. I can understand why. Just... When I was watching the game, I shouted out, oh, great challenge. I have to admit, I shouted as soon as I seen it. And then I was going, no way is he going to send him off for that there. But then the yeah. more every the more times I've seen it on the replays, I was going, oh, okay, I can understand. And then I was checking on Twitter just to see what the reaction was like. There was an awful lot of people going, no way, that's ridiculous, sending off. There was still a few going, mm, I can see. And I'm sort of mm-hmm. stuck in between both camps where... Excessive I don't think force? it was, but I can see the reason force? why. Was it excessive know. force? Was the leg extended? No, was it no. two-footed? People saying two-footed is nonsense. It wasn't two-footed. Um, I think it looked like when you when you, when you do something down, that it, it didn't. He certainly didn't go over the top of the ball. Um, I don't feel he was endangering the player. Um, no. So I, I could see a yellow, but I think I, 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 the caveat to that is the referee Sam Perkins. You knew. Look at his record for giving out red cards. Look at where it was on the pitch. <laughs> Silly, silly, silly of Jack. But if you assess, assess the incident for me, I think it, it wasn't serious foul play. Um, as I say, things to learn from it, certainly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. The only thing in is the, the, the Pompey's appeal obviously didn't work out. So, what what was it in that panel that made them go, you know what, that referee got that right as well? Then, like, well, they, they, they must not... have thought it was excessive. Um, I mean, but I, I, would, I would look at, you know, I yeah. think it's a strong case to say that it wasn't. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, this whole thing about your feet being off the ground. Like, okay, right. Until tackling's outlawed, which will probably happen one day. You, you've been trying, trying. What you do? Slide along the floor, one footed. Like, I mean, you, you, at some point you're going to be off the ground, so you can make it look like a, a violent tackle with with a screenshot. It's, it, it, it's mm. nonsense. So um, yeah, I yeah. thought Jack was harshly done. But and Kenny Jacket, as as we well know, he, he gets his appeals. He doesn't appeal. He's not like Paul Cook. He would just chuck it in for. For, for banter, <laughs> <laughs> no, try and pull a fast one. He, he, he and just before we wrap up, Charlie Daniels played sixteen games this season for Shrewsbury. He's well up to speed, by the way. So don't there was no need to mug me off there, Mark McMahon. 
Did I did I mug you off? I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. I did clarify that Charlie had missed maybe a month of the season because of the COVID he's, situation. He's good to go. Anyway, anyway, lads, thank you very much. The clock is ticking. We're gonna we're gonna miss our slot here, so let's wrap it up. But again, thank you all for your analysis and insight. We'll do it all again soon next week. Until then, goodbye to everybody, and thanks for watching and listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website from less than £1 a week for everything you need to know about Pompey.